Thank you, Bella. Appreciate it as always. Welcome back to another edition of the Soccer Specialist Podcast. And today, I'm going to take you through a couple of very, very different games that my team experienced and talk a little bit about why these things might have happened and, and what you can do to change or to repeat good, you know, if it's something good, and hopefully how that can apply to your game as well so that it can help you in the future when you face these types of situations. But first, before I dig into that, I do want to share something that I got um, via um, Messenger in Facebook from something that, that, had to, that was in the group. This is something I'm, I'm not going to give any names because this was uh, shared uh, privately, but I did want to share the story because um, one, look, I love getting stuff like this. It makes it feel good to, to get something that says, oh, my player went through this and now they're this, you know, we listened to this episode of the podcast or, you know, did dominate game day or whatever it is. Plus also, I think this is something that's good for both players and parents to listen to. Kind of a little bit goes with what I uh, posted in the group the other day about long-term development and the ups and downs and, and how we can't look at the short term. I think I did a podcast on that too, if I'm not mistaken, but okay. So here we go. Wanted to share with you. My current 13 year old was a phenomenal striker at 11, 12 year old age group. He scored two, three goals a game, sometimes five or six. He's on the younger side of the team birth year. His teammates hit puberty and passed him. He was slower, smaller, not as technical, and he was down on himself. He was moved from striker to left back. He really suffered mentally, and it showed on the field. He wasn't into it and was discouraged. I showed him your graph that you previously posted. That's the long-term development up and down graph that I've posted a few times. And he listened to your podcast. He hung in there and put in the work. He made the Eastern Regional ODP team and really grew into his position. He just made his club's MLS next team and is so excited. Your graph was a great illustration that helped him get over that hump. Thank you. That is fantastic. I want you to think about that, people. This is a kid who was doing so well at a younger age, got a little older, really, really struggled, wasn't sure if he wanted to play. Now he's making regional ODP teams and he's playing MLS next. You never know where the journey's going to be. Don't look at what the last game was like or even two weeks ago or a season, okay? There are lots and lots of ups and downs. Sometimes it feels like you're not even making any progress over months, and then you have a big jump forward. You're always going to have obstacles. Remember, I know I repeat certain things, so they start sounding like cliche or bumper stickers, but it is true. You turn obstacles into opportunities. You never know what's coming, okay? So hopefully you get something out of that message. I thought it was pretty awesome. And now I want to get into, there are a couple of games. Okay, we had one game, I think this was maybe U12 season. We had had this team that up until this point um, had been in our flight, I know, conference, league, whatever you want to call our flight in our league, um, more often than not. This particular season, they actually had won the flight pretty dominantly the season before and should have moved up. That's actually the rule in the league. I don't know how they were able to not move up. I do know the coach drove like uh, an hour and a half each way all the way up to the, the league meeting on like a weeknight just to make sure his team wouldn't move up. But anyway, so we went down to their place. We had a, a six-team flight, so we played everybody twice home and away for 10 games. Uh, this was game five. First game, uh, last game of the 
first half of the season were going down to their place. They were 4-0. They're, I think, I can't remember exactly, but they were winning their games on an average of five goals. We had a six-goal limit. You know, like they won like, you know, 6 nothing, 5 nothing. I mean, yeah, 6-1, 5-1, some, something like that. We went down there, played incredibly well in the first half, uh, got up one nothing kind of early, scored a, a late goal with about a minute to go in the in the first half to go up two nothing. And up to this point, okay, now we're we're U twelve at this point, so we've played a lot of soccer as a team up to this point. We had never, never relinquished a halftime lead. Never relinquished a multi goal lead. Okay, um, we were up two nothing at half. Uh, we came out in second half. They got a relatively cheap goal. I don't mean on on a uh, bad call or anything. You know, not blaming the ref. Just one of those. I'm sure you've all seen them enough. Where you know, like the ball's bouncing around. It takes a funny bounce. You know, those next thing you know, it's it's in the back of the net. Not much you can can do about it. And for really maybe the first time ever as collectively as a team that was it for them they they just they they packed it in mentally um they basically in, in almost 500 games over the entire time it's maybe you know that and and maybe one other time where i really felt like i could say they quit on the game um now they didn't lose actually you know it, it ended up tying 2-2 and um but it was just one of those, that first goal, it just, it deflated them. They couldn't come back. You know, I think they, they went out into the second half. They had a mental letdown. Look, professionals do it. So kids are definitely going to do it. But they were like, well, we're up to nothing. We just scored late. Um, they now, like I said, they do, they do not give up leads. Um, and so they thought, even though there's a whole half of a game left, they felt like it was their game. And then when... That goal was scored. They deflated a little bit. It's a combination. Like, they deflated because of how the goal was scored. And they also just, they couldn't get their foot back on the gas. You know, and, then, and that's the risk you take. When you see teams that, like, they get leads and they pull back. Now, I get if you have a goal limit and all that. But in other circumstances, they get, they get leads. They pull back a little bit. Maybe not. I don't even mean just, oh, we're just going to keep possession. But just mentally, they kind of pull back because like, oh, we're up to nothing, we're up three nothing, we've got this. And then something happens and they need to pour it on again. And you just you can't you can't find that gas pedal. You can't get your foot down or you can't get going again. And um I think that was a, a, a big part of the problem, which is why I always say, look, other than if you have a goal limit that your league enforces, you never take your foot off the gas. Okay. That's a bad, bad idea. And so uh the way they did it, and I, I will tell you so when at uh some fault to me. This is a big learning experience for me as a coach as well, because that was probably the first time when I like I got loud with them, like really loud. Uh, not on, you know, I wasn't like ranting and, and raving and calling anyone names or personal insults. But one thing I absolutely cannot stand because I couldn't stand it as a player either, because I was just not built that way to not go 100 miles all the time an hour all the time is the lack of of effort 
that's going to get me every time. We're, we're going to make mistakes and have bad plays and bad games. And, you know, you're going to miss sitters and, and all that stuff. But lack of effort, there's no excuse for lack of effort because that's the big control that you have. That's like when I talk about controlling what you can control, always you can control your, your effort. So I, yeah, I, I, I let into him pretty good as that second half was, was going. Um, to the point that we had a talk at the uh, next practice. Actually, it might have even been right at the end of the game. Um, but, and I, I, I did apologize to the team. I felt that was the right thing to do. Now, in that talk, I did let them know that while I did not handle the situation in the way that I should have in terms of getting loud with them like that, it did not change the fact that the reason that I got loud was still valid in terms of their lack of effort. Okay. And again, it's one of those things that I hope if you have that type of coach, look, everybody makes mistakes, whether it's players, parents, or coaches. And if you have that type, those types of players that you can, you can put them in a position in an environment where they can admit those mistakes and a coach that can do is do so as well. That's a big, big deal going forward. And it's probably good to have, those situations because you learn and grow from them if you never happen until much later on it, it, it could be a problem so you know I, I think the players learned a lot from that in terms of their mental approach to games regardless of the situation um, you know I, I learned a lot in how to handle those difficult situations and, and being very aware that lack of effort is a uh, hot button for, for me but uh, I, so I think you know it's one of those situations where as long as you can step back from it and speaking of stepping back I also have to to say and this is where it's you know taking the um, immediacy of the uh, the emotion out of it if we step back and look at it right what did I say at the beginning this is a team that shouldn't have been in our flight they were 4-0 they were winning every game by five or six goals and we went down there and tied them now, if you told me that was going to happen, hey, this is what you can have, say, oh, that's great. It's how it happened that made it, you know, disappointing getting up to nothing, playing so well in the first half, obviously, and first time we've ever let anybody come back from that. But if you take the result as a whole, you say, you know what, that's, that is, that's impressive. So there are a lot of different little nuggets in there in terms of both player and coach in, in learning. What's really interesting uh, we had another uh, game. This is actually going back even further, U10. But we had played this team, I think it was like the, yeah, the fourth time that we were playing this team because I think they were, in our, uh, they were in our flight all year. So we played them twice in the fall. This is the second time in the spring season that we were playing them. Uh, one of the things we learned is they were kind of a, a dirty team. Um, another one being really interesting is I had one player who's uh, – First of all, my players are, with the exception of maybe like one or two, all of them are way too nice out there, right? They're the ones that will will break your ankles with a move, and then they'll stop to turn around and make sure you're okay because you're on the ground. But um, so I remember from, I think, the very first time that we played them, I had a player actually um, was my, my niece who got really angry because this girl on the team was saying mean things to her to where I think she made one of the best defensive plays I'd ever seen where we actually – had played well all game and all of a sudden this girl like just dribbled through all of us like we were standing still and she comes flying from her uh either center mid or forward position where it was eight v eight so we were playing a three three one out of nowhere like 
six yards from the goal when it's about to get tapped in and already beaten the goal. And she comes flying out of nowhere and, and, and saves a goal because she was angry. And by the way, and I, I always tell her after that, after that, like you have to believe every team we play is this team. Cause in the four games that we played them, she scored seven goals. But so anyway, this one was much, much worse. They were, they were really, really dirty. The fer- first half was, it was ridiculous. And if, unfortunately we had a referee who just wasn't calling anything. And I'm not talking about the if, iffy stuff. I'm talking about dangerous stuff. I'm talking about completely leaving your feet and, you know, tackling two feet spikes first, your entire body's off the ground, right into players, lower legs and shins, you know, um, our keepers got both hands of the ball, three girls literally sprint into her, knock her over, fall over while they're, and kick the ball out of her hands and score to the point, like I said, my girls are really, really nice. They don't complain. They don't, they're not dirty. They barely even commit fouls. Um, they never complain. First game ever, they came off at halftime. And I mean, these girls were nine, ten year old girls. These, they were angry. They couldn't believe how the other team was playing. They couldn't believe that none of these calls were being made. And the reason I'm having, talking about this game and the last, the other game is because they're kind of complete opposites. And you know, I let them vent for a minute, and then we talked about what we can do because you know to let them realize, okay, none of that's going to change. Right. If the referee's not calling any of that, he's not going to all of a sudden magically call them. The other team's not going to change their play. They're up to nothing at halftime. Okay. And they're getting away with playing very, very dirty soccer. So we talked about what we can focus on, what we can do to change that, because we were not playing poorly. Okay. But, and so second half, we go out, we for, they forget all about that stuff. They're playing good soccer. They're starting to, turn the tide they're starting to dominate finally with about 10 minutes left they break through score a goal it's 2-1 a couple minutes later boom get another goal it's 2-2 you know at this point we're swarming them we get down in there i think we hit the post near post it comes back out like at an angle towards the the corner corner flag we get in there it's like a scramble we're fighting for the ball um we win it girl turns hits a, a you know like a blind cut back type across on the ground all the way through the box rolling out the other side the girl i mentioned earlier my niece excuse me my mouth's getting dry <clears throat> she the ball is rolling rolling past the goal slowly towards the other side uh touch line she's running straight at the fan side right Ball's rolling that way. She plants so her hips can pivot, turns, blind one touch, left footed shot into an open net. Game over. Referee didn't even have the, the tip off after that. They won 3 2. I think in almost 500 games and from U8 to U19, that U10 game right there was probably as excited as I've ever, ever seen them. And so my point of that story is the complete difference between that and the first game, they're almost complete opposites. And, and in the second game, how they were able to take that anger of what happened in the first half and funnel that into their performance, not have them fall apart become of it, you know, they, because of it, they became aware of the situation. Here's what's happening. 
here's what we can't do anything about. But let's let's take that that anger and put it into what we can control, and let's go out and win the game. Right? Let's go out and win the game. Um, so if you've had games like that, or if you eventually do, and you play long enough, I'm sure you will. After the fact, not immediately in the emotion of it all, but after the fact, examine those types of games that have a lot of those big swings uh, in terms of all games have momentum swings, but I mean big swings like this where you have a complete collapse or even the other way around. And take a, take a moment to think about it. Maybe even get a pen and paper. Yes, pen and paper and write it down. Think about it. Examine the game. Why? You know, um, what changed it? And if it was you, it probably is partly you. If it's team collapse, it's usually a little bit everybody, right? But, you know, why all of a sudden after dominating a game, did you get to a point where instead of giving 100% effort in a, in a sprint to track back, you're only given 75 Instead of going all out for that 50-50 ball, you start kind of shying away like it's okay if they get that. You know, start thinking about that type of, of thing. Um, and then thinking about what you can control, what you can focus on to change that, okay? Because up to nothing, down to nothing, yeah, as you get older, tactically things might be a little different, but the game is still the game. If you stop doing what you did to get the two nothing lead, you're going to lose the two nothing lead, right? Um, if you keep doing exactly what you were doing when you're down two nothing, you're going to lose. Now I know it's soccer. There are exceptions to that. You can actually be dominating a game and, and be down, uh, down two nothing. But, um, I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, a main reason being, cause I have no voice left. Um, but there's a little bit of other stuff I kind of want to cover, but I could talk about that in, a, another episode. Hopefully these, uh, this trip down memory lane with the old man gives you a little bit of something that you can apply to your soccer development. If parents are listening to your reaction to your relationship with your players or coaches or what have you, otherwise I'm going to leave it there. If you get a chance, please check out impactsoccerperformance.com. If you decide to get that, uh, you know, speed, agility, it's working on all your overall athleticism. It's fantastic. I hear a lot of great things from people that um, grab a copy. Thank you for doing so if you have. Also, thank you so much for listening to uh, this podcast. I know I've skipped a few weeks, unfortunately, this time, but I'm going to do my best to get back on track. Um, thank you so much for sharing it, letting other people know about it so that the uh, audience continues to grow and we can actually maybe have a big, big positive impact on all of you soccer in America. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you later.